0: names of of the people of the people of God. You have the Hebrews. Abraham was the first one in the Bible to be called a Hebrew. Um, Now it says that he was it was they called him Abraham the Hebrew. So this infers that Hebrew may have been a family name that Abraham was associated with which means that Laban might have been a Hebrew. Sarah before she married him might have been a Hebrew you know and there's a couple people up in the chain there that they think it might have been I think it could have been either uh, Hebron or Eber, uh, their, one of their fathers up there. <coughs> so anyway, he was a Hebrew. Then you have the word Israelite. Israel doesn't come until Jacob wrestles with God, and God tells him, you no longer be called Jacob, but you're going to be called Israel. From then on, Jacob and his sons, his 12 sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Naphtali, Asher, Dan, Issachar, Gad, Zebulun, Judah, Benjamin and Joseph, they were called the Israelites, okay? Now, this is some really cool stuff, all right? God said to Abraham, I'll bless all nations through
1: your seed, or through your offspring. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, (coughs) see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son.
0: All right. So, um, I want you to look up something else. Uh, according to the Levitical law, mm-hmm. they had to um, redeem the firstborn. There was a law where they had to kill the firstborn male of all the livestock, but they had to redeem... Firstborn male of woman. Israel, um, his sons, the twelve sons of Israel. Okay, um, God says this to Pharaoh. He says, "Israel is my firstborn. If you don't let go of my firstborn, I'll kill your firstborn."
1: Mm. All
0: right. Now, there's another passage in Romans, and I think even maybe even Galatians, it talks about how. Jesus is the second Adam
1: Uh, Exodus 34 19 and 20 Um, all that uh, all that open the womb are mine all your male livestock the firstborn of cow and sheep the firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb or if you will not redeem it you shall break its neck all the firstborn of your sons you shall redeem and none shall appear before me empty handed
0: alright so the firstborn of was, your cows, the that firstborn was, male to open the womb of the cow, they had to kill it.
1: 34, what? 34, 19, and 20.
0: All right, so we see that um, here you had to redeem the firstborn of woman, or the firstborn male. So the Israelites are called the Israelites. God said to, to Pharaoh, Give me back my firstborn, I'll kill your firstborn. Okay, now this is so cool because check this out. If you study the genealogies, you understand that Abraham was the father of Isaac. God told Abraham, All nations will be blessed through your seed, which is also your offspring. And in the New Testament, Paul says it was the, the one offspring, singular, referring to Jesus. Alright, so Jesus is his promise happening way back, you know? Jesus' promise that uh, Abraham said, You know, is given. And so he has his son Isaac, which is so cool, because even his son Isaac, God says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. So he takes him to the altar to kill him, and Isaac's like, where's the sacrifice? God will provide the sacrifice, Abraham says. They get up there, he's tying him down, he's about to kill him, next thing you know there's a ram over there. And so God provided a, a an oath, and it tells him, don't, don't kill your son. Alright, so, it's so interesting, because if you study this, you'll see, God says, I will bless all nations through your offspring, and then... In Isaac, there's this prophetic sign of kill your firstborn, which is interesting because Isaac was not the firstborn. Ishmael was the firstborn.
1: Mm-hmm. With he was the, the other woman.
0: He was the illegitimate son. Yeah. Who got the promise though? Isaac. Once again, Isaac's a type and shadow of Jesus. Ishmael's a type and shadow of
1: Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Hmm.
0: So Jesus came to redeem Adam. Watch this; it's so cool. Abraham was prophesied, "Your offspring will bless all nations." He has Ishmael illegitimately, not according to God, right?
1: He was a servant woman, right?
0: Was an Egyptian woman of all people, which is a sign of your bondage. <laughs> the woman of bondage, or the the child from the woman of bondage, that he was prophesied over in a dream: Your people will serve. The Egyptians and be slaves for 400 years. And that's why it's so cool, because Ishmael was still blessed by God, even though he didn't have the blessing. He was going to die in the wilderness, and Ishmael says, we're going to die. I mean, uh, uh, Agar says, we're going to die, and the angel says, no, you won't die. We'll bless him, and he'll be a mighty nation too. So good. The mercy of God, man, for the people that were illegitimate. That's you and me. We were illegitimate children because of our sin. So powerful. All right. So God has uh, Abraham has Ishmael the illegitimate child. The promise doesn't come through the illegitimate child. It comes through the second child, which is actually considered also the firstborn because he he gets the inheritance. Jesus Christ is where all of our inheritance comes from. Man, all the heritage comes from him. We get. The birthright of the first point. is so cool. Check this out. The birthright. Oh, wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. Wow. Just got something else, dude. So you know what a birthright is, right? Okay, so a birthright, if you have two sons, a birthright, the firstborn gets a double portion. This is also where you get your double portion idea from. I want a double portion. Well, what a double portion means is that you inherited it because you were a son. Double responsibility. You were the firstborn son. Yeah, double responsibility. This is so cool. Oh my gosh! Not only is that is just a blessing and inheritance, it's also, like I said, a responsibility. It's a burden. You inherit twice the burden. Guys, this is so awesome, bro. Hmm. All right. Oh golly! If I just get over this excitement, I can teach. Okay. So, <clears throat> Abraham has Ishmael, and Sarah says, I don't want Ishmael to get the inheritance. I want my son Isaac to get the inheritance. So he sends Ishmael away. Okay? So if you have two sons, here's what it happens. You take two sons, you pretend you have th- a third son, and two portions go to the firstborn, and one portion goes to the second, portion, second son. Does that make sense? All right, so you take two portions, you split it, and if you have two, you add a portion, give him two, give him one. Make sense? That's what a double portion is. So if you have twelve sons, then one son will get two thirteenths. Everybody else will get one thirteenth. Make sense? Alright, now. So Abraham, um, he has a son, Ishmael and has a son. Isaac, Isaac's the one that all the promises come through. Then Isaac has two sons. Esau and Jacob. We say Jacob and Esau because we consider Jacob as the most important one, but Esau was the firstborn. He says, "But Esau, I hated, and, Jesus, and, 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 and Jacob, I loved. Yet Jacob was a deceiver." This is so powerful. <laughs> it's so weird. Esau was the firstborn and he was rejected. Jacob was the secondborn and he was accepted. Again, another prophetic sign of the second. Coming along and being the redemption for the first. Alright? He gets the promise. He gets the inheritance. Okay? But then what's really cool is when they come back, they have peace.
1: Mm-hmm. That's another
0: cool thing people don't talk about. Esau's going to kill his brother. He runs off. Got... It's actually that... Th- them having peace and unity was actually the central point for Jacob's faith. But we don't talk about it very often. Jacob said to God, if you'll bring me back here in peace, I'll serve you and I'll serve you alone, God. See, Jacob actually had all kinds of gods he believed in. But it was Yahweh that he was believing in. And when when he was talking with him, he says, I'll bring you back to this place in safety. So he leaves for like 21 years, gets married, has two wives, has 12 sons, comes back. Actually, I think he has 11 sons at that point. And he's coming back and he sees Esau from a distance This is the night that he wrestles with God. His name gets changed. He comes back to Esau with all the sacrifices. And Esau says, I have plenty. And they embrace and cry and have unity again. So powerful. And it's from that moment on, when they come back from that moment, he builds an altar to the Lord. He has all of his wives bring their household gods. They burn them. And they serve God alone. Jacob was the firstborn of many. See? We notice his life because he had 12 sons. Okay. Now this is so powerful. This is so cool. You have, so you can see how Ishmael was a type and shadow of Adam. Isaac was a type and shadow of Jesus. Esau was a type and shadow of Adam. And Jacob was a type and shadow of the redemption of mankind and Jesus. Because Jacob was a deceiver and he became Israel. Okay? It. it he... Um, was it Jacob that was said no. Anyway, it was like Jacob Jacob ends up going and um, you know, it's like he died to his family. And then he came back and was restored. The type of shadow of Jesus. <clears throat> Alright. So Israel has twelve sons. Okay, the firstborn being Ju- uh Reu- Reuben was the firstborn, was
1: not he? Mm-hmm. Or, or Judah. It was Reuben. Reuben was the firstborn. Judah was like four or five, four fifth, fourth fifth.
0: All right. Now, the favorite son was Joseph, though. And the reason why was he was the firstborn of his favorite wife. Mm -hmm. He had two wives, and those wives had maidservants, and those maidservants had children They were born to Jacob as his own sons. And so these 12 um, boys are actually split up among four or five women six women okay so Reuben is supposed to get the inheritance but he doesn't get the inheritance and I believe it doesn't didn't Jacob say um, behold uh, you know a son was dead to me but is now alive is that what he said about Joseph well, anyway Joseph was sold into slavery then oh yeah yeah prison. yeah
1: whenever he comes back yeah I think
0: yeah I might be wrong
1: though no oh, he said that I looked, it up. I looked at it one
0: time couldn't find it prodigal son that's who said it your brother was dead and has come back that's the prodigal son i don't think it was joseph but you can look it up it's still still every time i think about that phrase i think about joseph how he was it was like he was a dead son to his father his father thought he was dead and then he was restored back to him not only that was he restored he was restored and he was a king you know he was second in command of all he was humbled and brought high. Jesus is a, I mean, Joseph is a really good picture of what Jesus was. He never did anything wrong and he was put into slavery. He became like us and a sinful man. And then, even though he did nothing wrong there, he was tried as a criminal.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesus was in three days, three nights, right? He was in three years in prison. Some cool stuff. Behold, I am the bread of heaven, Jesus says. And it was Joseph that saved all of Egypt and all the peoples with grain, with bread. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: good stuff. And he saved his own people. It was through the salvation, it was through the, the wheat that he saved up the seven years, and, during the the seven years of plenty, those are the seven years of famine, that he was able to feed his family and save his family, all right? And he saved many people. He saved a lot, a lot of nations. Which is interesting because, see, even in Abraham, it, the prophecy was fulfilled here that he would be a blessing to all nations. Joseph was already a blessing to all nations. It's powerful stuff. Alright, now, Joseph had two sons. Manasseh and Ephraim. I can't remember which one's the firstborn. Pretty sure Manasseh is the firstborn and Ephraim is the secondborn. When Joseph came to his father, Jacob, Israel, he said, bless my sons. Here's the firstborn, here's the secondborn. And it says that Jacob crossed his hands over like this, symbolizing he was going to switch the blessing. And Joseph says, stop, Dad. Don't do that. Hey, look, that's the firstborn. This is the secondborn. But but you put your um, your right hand on the firstborn and bless him with the blessing of the firstborn. And he goes, no, son, I've done what I've done on purpose. See, the thing is, Jacob's blessing was switched with Esau. Jesus' blessing was switched with Adam. Ephraim and Manasseh, they were switched as well. All right. Alright, so he switches the blessing. Again, symbolic of the switcheroo from Adam and Jesus, you know? We inherit the promise. He inherited the curse. So good. Jesus, it's Galatians chapter 3 or 5 says he became the curse for us. Mm. All right. Alright, now check this out. So you have your 12 tribes. Now, Joseph, if you look in the splitting up of the land, Joseph's name is not listed. Okay, His son's Manasseh and Ephraim. Why? He received a double portion. Thirteen, there's twelve, but the thirteenth portion would be uh, given to Joseph. And it was so Joseph already had plenty from Egypt. He was the second command. He didn't need nothing from his dad. So... Jacob gave Manasseh in a frame. He says, I will consider them as my own sons. And they inherited Joseph's portion. It was split among those two. All right? But that's 13. And the land was only divided in 12. You know what happened? This group right here, the Levites. Mm-hmm. The Levites, it says in the scripture, the Levites had no portion, it says that God was their portion. The Levites were set apart as a holy priesthood, as the holy nation amongst the nation. Okay? Whenever it said um, in Exodus chapter uh, uh, 34, redeem the firstborn, here's what they did. The cattle, they would kill the firstborn male of the cattle. And they would kill the firstborn male of your uh, whatever. you know what I mean? But of the woman, of a male, of a human being, They would redeem him with a lamb on the eighth day. All right? Now, God said, I need you all to, you are my firstborn. Okay? I need you to redeem all the firstborn that are in your existence right now. And there was roughly 22,000 people that were firstborn males in the midst of them. Out of 600,000. Only 22,000 of them were firstborns. That's a lot of kids per family. <laughs> Dang, dude. That means there's only 22,000 families. Well, that's not true. Because some of them were grandpas and some of them were, you know, great sons, you know. Okay, anyway. Um. All right. Sorry, that was way off. But 22,000 of them were firstborns. All right. Check this out. So they took the number of firstborns and it was roughly 22,000 people. And when they took the number of Levites, There was 20,000 people. And there was a small difference of a few hundred peoples or whatever. Maybe even a thousand. I can't remember. But what they did was they redeemed it with silver and everything like that. So the Levites became the redemption for the firstborn of all of Israel. It's good stuff. Levite became... The redemption of the firstborn of all of Israel. And they would continue to play this role. They had no portion in the land. Scripture says, And they have not found him among the living, right? Levi, it's another type and shadow of Jesus and the priesthood. And a living sacrifice. They were the sacrifice made for all the people. But they were not dead, they were alive. They were a living sacrifice. The first example you see in the Scripture of a living sacrifice. And the Bible says that we are a living sacrifice. We are a royal priesthood and a holy nation set apart by God. When we enter into, the Scripture says in, uh, I think it's Isaiah, it talks about how we will become the ministers of God. It's Isaiah 61. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall... Rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. And it says right here, let's just read Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. There you go. You shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in the glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of a dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. And so on and so forth. Okay, so. The Levites became the sacrifice, a living sacrifice for the people of God. They became the ministers of God towards the people. But they didn't have a portion in the land. So if you look at the divvy up of the land, you'll see Reuben, Simeon, Skip, Levi, Naphtali, Asher, Dan, Issachar, Gad, Zebulun, Judah, Benjamin, Skip, Joseph, now it's Manasseh and Ephraim. Those were the, how the 12 tribes were split up. But Levi, this is so cool, Levi... Didn't have a portion. In fact, when you look at the city, it was split up like this. It had 12 gates, like this. 12 gates on the sides of the city. But Levi was not in that, in any of those gates. Manasseh and Framer, jo- Joseph, watch this, Joseph. Joseph doesn't have a gate. And Levi doesn't have a gate because Levi was a type and shadow of Christ and the church. Joseph was a type and shadow of Christ. He doesn't have a gate. Guess where the Levites lived? In the midst of the people. He (laughs) inhabits the people. The Levites were in the midst of the people. They had no portion. They lived in the midst of the people, amongst the people. In fact, the Levites lived in different portions. They, some Levites would live with Reuben. Some Levites would live with Simeon. Some Levites would live with Naphtali. Levites would live with Asher and Dan. And throughout the whole... But Reuben would be by himself. Simeon would be in a group by themselves. Yeah. Naphtali would be in a group by themselves. They're friends. But Levi was amongst them all. Ah, dude, I'll get goosebumps right now. It's awesome. It's cool stuff. Also, if you study the... The, the setup with the size of the groups, and you look at the formation of the people group. Here's the tabernacle right here in the middle. You'll actually, see it looks like a cross.
1: <laughs>
0: the way that people had to line up in their congregations looked like a cross. And because uh, Judah was so big, and whatever. Anyway, different groups were so big. Judah yeah, was huge. Anyway, cool stuff. Alright, now watch this. It's so cool. So Levi and from Levi comes your Aaron and your which is your high priest and Moses. They're all from Levi. Okay. Were, which is so cool. That ought
1: to tell you something right there. Huh? That ought to tell you that there.
0: Yeah. Well, and they're the ones who were ministering to the temple. You know, they yeah. carried certain things and there were some priests that were a little higher than other priests, um, depending, and they would do or I should say they were closer to the to the inner circle of the of what do you call it the The um, the Holy of Holies. There's some priests that could never touch any stuff in the Holy of Holies. There's only certain priests that could touch the tabernacle. Some priests could only touch the poles. Some priests could only touch the curtains. You know. So it all depended on what group you were in, what what part of the family you were in. You know. So Joseph gets the double portion, right? He gets two inheritances. Um, I just think it's interesting that we inherit. We become that royal priesthood. Our actual inheritance is the portion of God. God is our portion. The inheritance isn't just restricted only to a double portion, but the double portion is a beautiful thing because it was only given to the firstborn. In these situations, you see that the secondborns were all getting the double portion. Okay? And... It's just weird because, see, the whole point of the story is a redemption story. How God took our place and we took his place. You see? And so even the fact that Jesus would inherit the double portion and that we switch places with him, we also inherit the double portion. But the double portion is enough not just for one person. It's for two. You see? The portion that, that Jesus got was enough not just for himself. But for Adam. The people of God, they all rebelled against the Lord. Okay, now remember the Levites who are still living in the midst of the people. This is why when you study the Israelites and you notice that whenever Jeroboam comes into power, okay, so alright. So let's go back here. You've got um, David. Okay. David becomes the king after Saul. Don't hurt us all, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have Saul, then you have David. He's not Saul's son. He's replaced Saul. Saul, David, Solomon. After Solomon is Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam, when he came into power, the people of Israel came up to Rehoboam, the elders, and they said, listen, you need a light and a load that your father did to us, and so the people will love you. And all of the young people came up to Rehoboam and said, no, you need to be harder. So Rehoboam said, I'm going to be harder. Well, ten tribes left Rehoboam and went into another place, whatever. And uh, Jeroboam, a prophet came to him and said, uh, I don't know, pick up some stones or some arrows in the ground. I can't remember. Um, But basically, he only picked up like ten of them or something like that, or two of them or whatever. And he goes, well, I wish you had done that well. You're only going to get ten tribes now. So ten tribes uh, go to Jeroboam, and only two tribes go to Rehoboam. Okay, so Mm. this is where the, the kingdom gets divided. Now, this is interesting. Because of sin, the kingdom was divided amongst two different kings. In the scripture, Jesus said, when he said, A kingdom divided cannot stand? Yeah. He was talking directly to Jewish people, and they knew what he meant by that because their own kingdom had been divided and had fallen. Isn't that crazy? Kingdom divided cannot stand. Ten tribes go to Jeroboam; two tribes go to Rehoboam. The two tribes that are left are Joseph and Joseph, I'm not Joseph. Are Judah and Benjamin? Yet remember, Levites live amongst the people. This is why they still had Levites during Jesus' time. Because the Levites lived amongst those peoples. Okay? These ten tribes got lost. What happens was, these ten tribes, they go serve Jeroboam. They go under what's called the northern kingdom. Rehoboam is the southern kingdom. Okay? These ten tribes... Followed Jeroboam and all the kings after Jeroboam, they had like nearly twice as many kings in the northern kingdom than they did in the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was always a son of David. The northern kingdom was just assassinations. After ass- it was just awful. Okay, they, nobody ever inherited because God really only set up. I mean, the prophet came to Jeroboam and set him up, but he didn't obey the voice of the Lord. The whole thing was stripped away from him as well. And the northern kingdom was just in disarray. Bad governing the whole time, you'd have people that would last for, I think one guy lasted just for a few days and got killed the next, you know. Anyway, pretty bad stuff, okay? But I think it was a roughly, let's just say about 250 years of this, you know? Um, but they had twice as many kings as they did. Okay? Or I, don't, and I have my numbers wrong there. Um, anyway, but Jeroboam has the northern kingdom. When, when, Isaiah comes and prophesies to the northern kingdom. Hezekiah is the king at that time. Okay? I believe he's the king of the northern kingdom. Right? Hezekiah is not in the lineage of Jesus. Okay, so Hezekiah was in the northern kingdom. Okay? Isaiah prophesied to Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was a righteous man at first. You know? He cried out to the Lord. And uh, Isaiah has a pretty long run. Like, yeah, some people don't think so. it's the same guy. Some scholars don't believe the same person, because he went long, long, yeah. yeah, many years.
1: That's awesome, but could have been.
0: All right, so the Northern Kingdom gets completely wiped out. Assyria comes in, takes them all out. Boom, separates them. They're gone for years, years. I mean, not even for not, not even multiple generations. Okay, so when they bring them back. These people are called the Samaritans. Hmm. The reason why they're called the Samaritans is because they were Jewish beliefs, but mixed race. Okay? So they were called half-breeds. Okay? They're called the Samaritans. So the Jewish people the the southern kingdom did not like them because they weren't pure blood. Okay? All right? This is your Samaritans. The northern kingdom. uh, All right, now this is so cool. Um... Now, the southern kingdom, they remained until Babylon came and conquered Assyria. This is like 516 or something like that B.C., 500 years before Jesus, roughly. Um, my date's wrong. It's in the 500s, okay. In the 700s, uh, 8th century, roughly, is whenever um, uh, whenever Assyria came and took over the northern kingdom, dispersed the people. You're talking over a couple hundred years you know the people got interraced. They didn't. They lost their roots. Okay. <clears throat> the uh, northern, the southern kingdom, when they got conquered, they were only dispersed for 40 years. So the families stayed close together. Also, you have to keep in mind they already had a stigma against the other nation. They didn't want to mix their their families, so they stayed close together. And also, Babylon didn't make them split their families like the Assyrians did. The Assyrians took families away from other and split them apart. So they just had to intermarry with other peoples to survive, to keep their family, to, to have children and stuff. But the uh, southern kingdom, they didn't do that. They let them stay in pockets and groups together. Okay? All right. Now, Judah was the large tribe. The reason why he was the large tribe was because Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, Started practicing sexual morality, homosexuality, to be to be exact. All of the nations came in and said, "We're going to destroy Benjamin for this sin." They all attacked him. They put the whoop up on these other tribes three time, two or three times. Thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people died in these other nations, but they couldn't kill Benjamin. And you're thinking about it, you're reading it, and you're like, "What in the world? You know, isn't Benjamin the one that was worse off in their sin?" It wasn't the case. See, all these people had compromised so much of God's laws that they didn't have the blessing of God when they came and attacked their brother. Now, the third time or whatever it was, they wiped them out. Everybody was dead. There was this few men that were left over, like 700 people left over. Okay, And then they all grieved. What is this we've done to our brothers, the Benjamites? We've almost destroyed a whole tribe of our family and they, they vowed that they wouldn't allow them to marry with their families right right They we're not going to give them wives let mm-hmm. them die out well then they repented from it they felt so bad about doing that but they didn't want to break their word so they had this party and they just said we're all going to get drunk and the Benjamites can hop over the over the hill and snatch up any woman he wants and we're not going to say nothing and that's how they got wives for themselves <laughs>
1: Anyway,
0: yeah. So Benjamin was a small tribe, all right? Benjamin was a very small tribe because uh, they were nearly wiped out. Judah was the largest tribe. So when the ten tribes left and went to Jeroboam, and the last two were just Judah and Benjamin, Judah became Judea. Benjamin and Judah became Judea. So there was a northern kingdom called Israel and the southern kingdom called Judea. So the southern tribes, those were the Jews. Now we're back to the beginning. That's when the word Jews started being used. When the, Israel, when the Babylonians had Judea, taken captive Judea, the southern tribes, the southern kingdom, they captured the Jews. And they dispersed the Jews into Babylonian captivity. That was the first time you start hearing the terminology, Jews. David was of the lineage of Judah. Judah. Jesus was of, also of the lineage of Judah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that's interesting because see Judah, when they went to go get Joseph. Okay, Joseph was. Um, he says, "Who's gonna stay here?" He says, "Well, we can't have Benjamin, come, like Benjamin come back, right?" And Judas, Judah actually said, "I'll give you my life. I'll lay down my life." Benjamin oh my goodness Judah says I'll give you my life if they kill Benjamin I'll you can have you can kill me and my sons so Judah said that to, to Jacob so whenever they tried to imprison Benjamin uh, I think Judah was the one that was put into prison mm-hmm. on behalf of Benjamin mm-hmm. and of Judah now Judah Judah's a weird guy Judah's the one who slept with uh, Jacob's father uh, uh, Midwives Jacob he? Anyway A lot of family stories here She was <laughs> also the one who promised uh, His daughter-in-law a son And didn't Do things right She dressed up like a prostitute And he comes in and has a prostitute come in and turns out to be his daughter-in-law And Whenever he finds out she's pregnant He wants to kill her because she was in unfaithful. And they says, well, the man that I slept with is, uh, is the man that I whose staff I have. Well, bring me that staff. And he found out, oh, it's my staff. This <laughs> is the power and mystery of the first and second born. You know, if you look at um, Cain and Abel. Cain offered up the, uh, the vegetables. And Abel was a shepherd. Type and shadow of Jesus. Cain is a tap and shadow of Adam working the ground. Abel brought his lamb was killed was pleasing to God then Cain in his sin because of the sin of Cain Abel died and his blood cried out and now Jesus' blood cries out for us isn't that crazy talked about in the Old Testament the prophets says you've had wicked shepherds that allow the sheep to trample the goats to trample the sheep hmm You've had wicked shepherds, but I behold, I will send to you my good shepherd. That's prophesied. And Jesus comes and says, Behold, I am the good shepherd. <laughs> and the reason why was because of Jeroboam and Rehoboam and all the kings that came after him were all wicked shepherds. And some of the false prophets, too, were considered wicked shepherds. And then in Assyria and Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, all these bad shepherds. It says, Behold, I'm sending you my good shepherd. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, All shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, Should not shepherds feed the sheep? Mm. Mm. So many times, man, we want to be... This comes back to leadership, you know? Yeah. You eat the fat... You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered. And I just talked to you about that. How Assyria came and scattered them. And how Babylonian came and scattered them. Because there was no shepherd. And that's whenever Jesus comes on the scene and says, he looked at the 5,000 and says he had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, declares the Lord God. Surely because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all, the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves, and have not fed my sheep. Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves, I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep. And will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep but that have been scattered so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and all the habited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There, sh- there they shall lie down in good grazing land, on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. So now it goes back to Psalm, what, 21? It talks mm. about he leads me into green pasture. 23. Yeah. 23, Psalm
1: 23.
0: I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. Mm. I myself the Lord says, will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the straight. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong, I will destroy. Fat and the strong means those who have taken advantage of the others. Mm-hmm. I will feed them, uh, I will feed them in inju- injustice. Oh, wow. I will feed them in justice. See, Jesus is our justice. I will feed them In justice. Jesus is the justice, and Jesus is the bread. (laughs) It's crazy. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water? that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? Mm -hmm. And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. So now he was talking about judging the kings. Now he's judging those amongst the people. Okay? I will rescue my flocks that they know that they shall no longer be prey and I will judge between sheep and sheep and I will set over them, watch this, one shepherd, my servant David, which David's already dead and long gone by now. <laughs> I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. Well, He shall feed them and be their shepherd and I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David shall be prince among them I am the Lord, have spoken. And then it says, I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness. Jesus is the good shepherd. He says, all that came before me, or thieves and robbers or whatever, right? All right, check this out. He says, uh, man, there's some good stuff here. So it's talking about feeding his sheep and giving responsibility. Now, Jesus is the one good shepherd, but on John chapter 1, 21, verse 17. Starting in verse 15, it says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. Uh Preach to him. He is handing the baton to his disciples. Mm. You are now a good shepherd. You are now a good shepherd. Yeah. You are now a good shepherd. He said to him the second time, Simon Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, you love me, and he said to him, "Lord, you know that everything. You know that I love you." Jesus said to him, "Feed my sheep." And then it says, "Truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself, walk wherever you wanted. And when, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go." And then he says, after saying this, he said to John, "Said to him, follow me." It's good. <clears throat> um. Jeremiah three. 15. It's good stuff, dude. And that's why that line, like you read John 10, it lines exactly yeah, like that. passage.
1: Ezekiel, man.
0: It's not even just exactly, it's like he's referencing it almost, you know? Yeah. Like, you remember back in that prophet? Talked about him being a good shepherd? I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 says, And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you have multiplied and increased in the land in those days, declares the Lord, they shall no more say, the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind or be remembered or missed. It shall not be made again. At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it the presence of the Lord in in Jerusalem, and they shall no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. In those days, the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel. We just talked about how Israel and Judah were divided. In those days, it will become one. Shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north, to the land that I gave your fathers for a heritage. So good. I said, how would you set... How I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations. And I thought you would call me my father and would not turn from following me. Surely, yeah, anyway, it's talking about how these people were treacherous, but anyway, it's good stuff. No, this is good. I have to keep reading it now. I thought you would call me my father and would not turn from following me. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, so you have been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. A voice on the bare heights is heard in the weeping and the pleading of Israel's sons because they have perverted their way. You have forgotten the Lord their God. They have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, O faithless sons. I will heal your faithlessness. Yes. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Truly the hills are delusion, and the orgies of the mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel.